millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Brett. The 40th birthday boy and Cliff's Flea Circus. <laughs> Hi, Brett. How was your Hi. birthday? It, it was fine. Yes, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. I even had a McDonald's. Can you yeah. believe that? Under Greg's in the same day. Oh, well, why not? You're only 40 <laughs> for 365 days. Yeah. And now I've got to start running for the rest of my life to get <laughs> rid of the excess weight. I think, is it not a fact that that McDonald's burger will stay in your uh, intestines or in your anal tract <laughs> or something like that until 200 yeah. years after you've died? I think that is quite possibly true, especially mm-hmm. as, as it was a grand Big Mac. Oh, well, maybe it's, it's going to be uh, there even I longer. Don't, I don't know what that is, but maybe <laughs> if you get the uh, pastry shits from the Greggs, mm-hmm. it'll flush the grand Big Mac out. And ah. what you've done is had a perfect combination of fast food that clears, Maybe. enriches your soul because uh-huh. of the joy it brought you. Well, it did also that, definitely. clears out your ass pipes and stuff. <laughs> your ass pipes. <laughs> yeah, it might, they might have counteracted each other. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. So, you messages. Your yes. Greg's mm-hmm. was breakfast. What did you have for breakfast? I had um, two bacon and sausage sandwiches with mm-hmm. a custard donut and a latte. Oh, a latte. That's what I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fancy. All right. oh, as, as I used to call it, latte. I think that is fine. I think that's how you yeah. pronounce it. I don't think is it? No, the latte is... Uh... Latte. Well, it sounds more French. I assume it's French. Is it French? I don't know. Or Italian or whatever. They're into their coffees, aren't they? <laughs> so it's, it's one of them. Yeah. So I, that's why I call it latte. Okay. But yeah, that's what I had first. Okay, well, that's nice. Uh, was it brought on. to you? Did you move at all on your birthday? I did not move. I did not move. I didn't move an inch. It, <laughs> it was all brought to us by my lovely and amazing wife. Yeah. And she she also put loads of balloons up and stuff oh, like that. Looked, I was amazing. spoiled. It looked like a yeah. It looked really good. It looked like you were spoiled and uh, but great. I was. Forty fucking hell! Did you ever think we'd be talking to each other when we got to forty? No, I thought I'd be dead by the time I was thirty. To be honest, I think you were in my Deadpool choice, weren't you? For uh, being <laughs> probably, probably. You know, when you were about twenty-two, I think. But uh, never mind. Yeah, you clung on. 
I did. I did, I did, you know did it. Did it out of a tenner, but <laughs> what would I? Prefer? You know, Keith Richards still going, isn't he? So, you know, if anything can happen, <laughs> it's, it's going to yeah. be you next month, anyways. So yeah, uh, three weeks today, and I'll, it will be my fortieth. Uh-huh. Uh, um, sadly, I can't get a Greg's delivered. Oh, that's. Shocking. I have to take the day off work. Yes, um, that's good. Which is good, and I'm going away for a couple of nights, so we mm-hmm. might end up either recording the podcast on my fortieth, which I hope we're not. <laughs> hope no, we're no let's not do that. <laughs> um, and maybe you can edit that one to save us the bother mm-hmm. on my birthday yeah, weekend away. <laughs> I'll do that one definitely. I'll do that one. Well, yeah, yeah, did we... you get anything, or was it just all presents in the form of fast food? It, it was a uh, presence in the form of fast food. Um, I did get a uh, Blu-ray, which we watched um, after we ate all of our mm-hmm. junk food. Okay. I'll tell you about that in a bit. Right. Um, and I, I got a large amount of money. Well, that's good. I, which I don't know what to do with. I've got no idea what to do with it. You can send so, it to me if you want. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing <laughs> that. But, yeah, we watched uh, the lovely wife got the film Tenet. Uh, Horace, the Christopher Nolan film. Um, and obviously, oh, as you know... Punch, he fell out with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get on to that. As, as you know, I'm a massive uh, yep. Christopher Nolan yep. fan and everything. And I was looking forward to watching it. Um, I thought it was absolutely awful. Finally, you've come round to my way of thinking. Well, I mean, I, I love I love these films and stuff like that, but it was pretentious. All of these films it are potential. I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this one was really. It was like he crossed the line. I think with this okay. one, it was it was like a two and a half hour algebra test. It That's too what long it was like for a start. It's too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently, look, you've got you've got to watch it three or four times to know what's happening. Bullshit. Now, if oh. you don't enjoy. If you don't enjoy it the first time, why are you going to do that? Exactly, it's bullshit. Why are you going to bother? I hate. This is what I don't like about it. It's what I what it's what I don't like <laughs> about when I've tried to watch Breaking Bad three or four times. I know my dad loves it, uh-huh. so and I know loads of people who listen yeah. will love it. They're going, but by yeah, the I'll third like by the third series, it gets really good. I'm like, by the third series, why is yeah. it not good at the beginning? That's when I'm starting to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the Ben's into that that new Marvel thing, that Wonder Vision. I watched the first Fuck two episodes, me. and I was like, <laughs> "This is rubbish." And but Lennon's massively into that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, and he says, "Well, it, it, you know, it gets really good after episode three. And I'm like, <laughs> no. "Well, I watched the first two. Is that enough?" Yeah, no, like but, it should be good you know, at the beginning. Go. Why is it? Got, why is it like? I well, tell you what, <laughs> we won't we won't be any good until like. The thirtieth episode. <laughs> At that point, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll start being good. But uh, that Wonder Vision, uh, I started watching it. Yeah, I watched the first episode, and uh, maybe it's because I I don't know the MCU universe, but I hadn't got a clue yeah. what was going on, and yeah, I just didn't either. get it. I kind of like what they were doing mm-hmm. with the styling of the fifty sitcom, and I get that it then moves. The, through the like decades with different styles of sitcoms and stuff, I think that's that's pretty good. That's clever. I like uh-huh. that. Like nice. Do the style right. Great. But 
mm-hmm. I didn't understand what was going on with the characters or the storyline. So I, I should I, no I could have just watched like Bilko or something and it would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> you should have, but I, I mean, I don't think you're going to watch that. Christopher Nolan for my year. I'm not, but I'm it's not, about no. time moving backwards and forwards at the same time. Stupid. I mean, they're just baffling. Mm-hmm. Did you get the and, hour and a half the, back the, because the, of that? <laughs> you should have done, didn't you? <laughs> the other thing about it, which is the craziest thing, is you can't hear what people are saying. Right. And that's I just always, mad, isn't it? I, there's so many times when I watch a film and I'd be like, can't hear them. Like, you can hear the noises yeah. of the guns and the fucking airplanes and stuff and you can't hear them talking uh-huh. and the amount of people who said to me that oh you just like you've just been really picky like you always on about that you can't hear their voices I'm thinking my hearing uh-huh. isn't bad like if i watch a film <laughs> in a yeah. cinema and i can't hear what the people are saying there's a problem yeah. like it's stupid i know it was yeah. it was but i don't think you're gonna watch it anywhere but you know if you ever do you know, we'll we'll have to do it for this. And I will never ever on. watch that film. I didn't think so. I didn't think that you would. To be honest, I'd really who's in didn't. it? You've got but your yeah, man, that, that uh, Dental Washington Junior. He's in it. Who's he? Dental Washington. Who is he? Jr. I've got no idea who he is. <laughs> Denzel Washington Junior. Yeah, is that his name? Well, it's his son. He's, he's it's not Denzel his name. He's called son, John. He? He's called John David Washington, but he is Denzel Washington's son. See, I knew it wasn't called that. Did, did you think so? He was yeah, any I didn't good? actually know who he was. Not really. No, I didn't think didn't... Robert Pattinson was any good either. I quite, I've seen Robert Pattinson in a fair few films that are not Harry Potter or uh, Twilight or whatever he's in. Is he in Twilight? Is that him? Harry Potter. Hey, did I, I say like Harry this... Potter? <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not in Harry Potter. I like the slurring <laughs> of the words with Harry Potter. That was really good. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Yes, he is in Harry Potter, and he what, is in, the, in Twilight. Twilight. Is the Twilight Nonsense. that made him famous? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I think it did. I well, I've seen him in a fair few things recently, and most people, I think, would say actually he's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe make him Bond because he seems like the next person that might be Bond. Yeah, doesn't bother me. I won't watch right them off. either. He looked like a he looked like a hick or a hillbilly dressed up in nice clothes. That's what he looked like. <laughs> He's got like he has got like funny pointy teeth. I think. I think. I think. I. But I think the wife said, "Oh, he's had his teeth done because she likes the toilet." But to make them pointy. he's had them he's had them surgically sharpened that's what he's had (laughs) like uh christopher walking in sleepy hollow (laughs) yeah exactly like that (laughs) so i'm I'm not sure about him i I mean hopefully the batman new batman films go but you never know do you i'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that still okay yeah that'll be good cliff do you know uh the the singer rag and bone man (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm sick of him, me He keeps nicking stuff from the front garden <laughs> Terrible He keeps going past mate. He wakes us up on the morning He's always fucking shouting from his back <laughs> <laughs> What a bastard What know. a complete bastard Leave me he... alone Is that that guy? <laughs> I've got no idea I don't know Can't remember what he sings but <laughs> that's I think a, it... That's so like Tom Jones 
<laughs> is that not Tom Jones? <laughs> <laughs> and you were uh, you messages over the weekend about uh, the referee Lee Mason, didn't you? And the mistake Mate, that you have you watched it? I did see it. Yeah, uh-huh. he, he just panicked, didn't he? It's, it's it's literally the worst ten minutes of football I've ever seen. Like, you know, we, you know, I'm not one of these. that's like modern football shit. It is shit, mm-hmm. but it's football, right? <laughs> Who cares? It's not like life changing or it's going to change the world, is it? It's, it mm-hmm. is a bit crap sometimes, but I still like watching football. I still like playing football. I'm all right with it being a bit shit. But yeah. this was genuinely the worst thing I've ever seen in football in the entire life. <laughs> like, I was watching this game live. I know you were watching Sunderland. I couldn't get the yeah. Sunderland game at that point. I watched. Uh-huh. I did watch the rest of the Sunderland game after this. But yeah. uh, there's so many things wrong with it. So it's Brighton against West Brom. Brighton, yeah. the team who have 50 shots every game and don't score a single goal. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> and Big Sam West Brom. And as much as I like Big Sam for what he did for Sunderland, and I do think he's underrated as what he's done elsewhere. Mm-hmm. He's really not doing a very good job at West Brom, is he? <laughs> but, <laughs> well, the team, that's, that's in the doldrums, aren't they? Yeah, the team's uh, shocking. Um, uh, so yeah, they were. Uh, I think they were one nil down at this point, Brighton, and um, a free kick at the edge of the box. And Lee Mason, the ref, blows his whistle. I mean, I assume he blows his whistle. He's got it and he puts it in his mouth. And yeah. for some reason, Brighton's centre-half, Lewis Dunk, takes a quick free kick. Which, <laughs> why is he taking a free kick? Why he's taking a quick free kick, I don't know. It bounces <laughs> off like a defender's head who's trying to clear it and goes in the top corner. I was kind of only half-watching. And I saw the keeper suddenly start backpedaling towards his goal, like he proper started yeah. crawling back to it. Um, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, something's going on. And I saw the ball uh, like fly over his head, and I showed you it again. And the ref gives it. And then obviously the West Brom players surround him. Yeah. And I'm guessing they're saying, Howie, that wasn't fair. The keeper like wasn't watching, which seems well, the like... The keeper wasn't ready? It seems like a school ground argument that the keeper wasn't ready. <laughs> but then, <laughs> no the, the thing is, <laughs> no blamas. <laughs> the uh, thing is, it, with the free, he, he, he asks Lewis Dunk, asks him if he can take the free kick. And he says yes, and then he realizes that he shouldn't have said yes. Yeah, but that's the ref. Keeper still not, on the post. It is right? the ref's one. <laughs> so he takes the he blows the whistle for the free kick to be taken, and then when it's going in, blows it again. He blows it again and be like, "No, sorry, stop, yeah. stop." No, I, I, I didn't say that. What an idiot! <laughs> what an idiot! So he gives it, <laughs> then he disallows it, and this, then he gives it. Yeah, and then it goes to VAR, uh-huh. and they what does VAR disallow it for? I think they've disallowed because he de- blew the whistle because before it went in. So he stopped playing before can, it went in. There's no way that VAR can tell that he blew the whistle a second time. But the sheer panic on his face when he realised he had made the mistake <laughs> and then realised that there's this thing called VAR which is going to watch him anyway. and, and explain to him exactly the mistake he's made. And now he's got That's an injury so he can't ref the game this weekend. <laughs> and they've yeah, said, he's got an injury now, yeah, but he? it's not... It's not made up because if you watch the end of the game, this game, he's limping uh-huh. a bit. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, um, he's like started it. He started. It's like when you're at work and on, you want a day off the next day and you start being like, oh, I don't yeah, feel oh, very. I feel. Uh, oh, you, I you, lay the, you lay the, the little. Uh, lay the, the groundwork, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. don't feel very well, you know. Oh, I hope well, I feel mate. better tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing that, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> I think I must have done that about a million times. Oh, I hope I don't get attacked by flies on the way in tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think we've fully explained the fly I thing. I think we have, we have explained the fly thing. Okay. Um, what else have you been up to? Because, I, you know, uh-huh. I, I think I said last week I was playing football. I don't know whether I said that. I got a, a knock on the shin. Because I did a, a cynical foul on someone, right? Was, I was, I was just a bit. I was a bit late, and I just we clashed. Yeah. right. Nothing and malicious. Did you? Did you act like you meant it afterwards to seem hard? And that's <laughs> what you should do. <laughs> no, honestly, the fellow had the ball. I went to tackle him. I was a bit late, and our shins clashed. But I think my shin is now shattered forever. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, Cliff, how many injuries have you? Honestly, the entire, entire right leg is bruised. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, the, this fella, we're about the same age, same kind of build and all of that. Um, he turned around as he went, you cheeky little fucking cunt. That <laughs> 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 was, like, well, was just a bit of a daft tackle. But yeah, I've uh-huh. got a massive lump on my leg that is not going away. Well, that's it. You're the one that's that suffered ultimately yeah. for it. When I, I think. see him next week, I'll tell him like actually it was to my own detriment. That, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that happened. Yeah. Have you watched out on telly other than uh, yeah? Yeah, um, apart from the tennis. film and the the, the Sullen matches that I've been watching. No, but I did look at uh, a, a news story this week where Lady Gaga's dogs had got uh, kidnapped. Did you see that? No, I did not see that. And there was a con- constant updating of the story about our dogs. There was no mention of the dog walker who had also been shot. <laughs> they, <were Really>? completely- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't mention the dog walker who'd been like shot and then the dogs had been stolen. Who's masterminded this anyway? I'll tell you what we should do. We should kidnap Lady Gaga's dogs. And almost as if she knows that, she puts a $500,000 reward up. Do you think it's some kind of uh, inside job like the Big Lebowski? I think it is. I think (laughs) that's exactly where it is. But nobody cares about the dog walker, do they? They just care about uh, celebrities' dogs. Well, talking about Lady Gaga type of thing, I'm going to talk about an entirely different celebrity. Um, This week, Uh I watched uh, that Britney Spears documentary. Oh, is it good? Because I've been uh, mean to watch it with all oh, You should watch it. Now, well, uh-huh. I won't go into it too much if you're going to watch it, but it's superb. Uh-huh. And I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks, like with various things that we've talked about. It what? Well, it's just a sad, really sad tale. Like it's sad. Is it? Is it like you know Brian Wilson, where that uh, record guy was keeping yeah. him, like hostage? Is it like yeah. that? It's crazy. She's ten. From being 10, uh-huh. she's essentially a prisoner of like celebrity and people who want to use her for whatever they want to use her for. She uh-huh. rebels against it a bit and all of the tabloids and stuff are after her because she's too sexy and all of that stuff. And then 
she loses it. It's honestly, it's, you see a clip of her at 10 on a TV show mm-hmm. singing and the old man and an ancient man presenting it goes, yeah. Hey, Brittany, that was nice. Have you got a boyfriend? And she is like, oh, no, boys are gross. Mm-hmm. Like a kid response. And he goes, really? Would you want not want a boyfriend? She's like, no, no, they're gross. And he goes, what? What about me? And she's like, <laughs> and even at 10, she's you're like, worse, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're worse than the fucking the 10 year olds after it's Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, like, uh-huh, you're worse than the 10 year old Justin Timberlake. And, and she's That's, just like, oh, just no. And, it, and, that, and like, that is the start of it. Like, she's 10, she's on TV. Yeah. She's from a small town in America. I mean, which is always the case when you watch these things, right? Small town, yeah, South, yeah. Uh-huh. Southern America. Yeah, in the South. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, they've got nothing. They're religious. She's got a bit of talent and the mm-hmm. parents push her. And then it just fucking spirals and spirals and spirals. Honestly, right. you can't watch it and not think, Fucking hell, what like it's it's just sad. Uh-huh. You just go into the poor lass. She did not have a chance from the mm-hmm. minute she first appeared on TV to now. Mm-hmm. She's not had a chance to have a normal life. And she comes across as being nice and sweet and normal. Mm-hmm. And then you know, she's 21 and is like, Well, fuck you. And then she just gets lambasted for that. She has kids and they're like, Well, she's got kids and she's out. She's an unfit yeah. mother. And it just honestly, it's it's just a sad tale. It was a bit like watching watch that it. Amy Winehouse documentary. You're just like, there was mm-hmm. never gonna be another outcome than Amy Winehouse dying at the end of this. And uh, you're yeah. watching this one, and Britney Spears has somehow clawed back a little bit of control. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, she, she would have gone down the same. Like she, it's amazing that she didn't end up dead. Basically, you yeah. like you, honestly, it's it's weird, it's frightening, but like yeah. it's just it's good. You should watch it. It's really oh well. Really I, I will watch it. Maybe we should do it next for this. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Watch it and let us know what you think. I, honestly, I, it was superb. Like, mm-hmm. oh, definitely will watch it because uh, it's one of them that the wife said, "Oh, well, you watch this for this." And we you just should. haven't gotten around to it yet. You should. But, uh, you should. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing I've been doing is, um, for some reason, I've been listening to a, a lot of Neil Young. Do you like Neil Young? I don't uh, know. Yes. Yeah, of course I like Neil Young. Do you like, like in-depth? You know, obviously, he's got fucking hundreds of albums and all that. Yeah, stuff. I haven't gone through and listened to all of his albums. Um, but yeah, I, I like the greatest hits and stuff like that. And I have listened to a few. I like the, the Dead Man soundtrack. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Well, he's just, I could talk about all his albums and all that, and the good ones, the bad ones, and all that all night. But um, he's just brought out a, a live album from something like 1990 or 1989 called Down in the Rust Bucket, uh-huh. um, which is like a double album, I think. Um, I'll listen to a bit of it tonight. And there's a the closer is a song that is perhaps my favourite Neil Young song called Cortez the Killer, which is on Decade, which you might have heard. Yeah, um, I think I've heard that one, yeah. And I absolutely love that song. It's like a guitar intro, like a really kind of lazy 
mm-hmm. slow burning guitar kind of intro for about six minutes. Then there's actual lyrics in the songs about two minutes. Um, this version on this live album is like 11 minutes long. You know me, I'm not a huge fan of things that take your attention for that yeah, long. Yeah, too long. But, um, Honestly, this is absolutely superb. I don't think I've heard a better version, uh-huh. live version of any song ever. Like it's it's amazing. So so Class. good. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I watched the. There was a thing on Netflix where it was just playing live, and I watched that. That was that was really good. I watched that uh, a few years back, and that was excellent. Like in acoustic I think, thing was it uh, Heart of Gold? The acoustic. I think it's shot by Jonathan Demi. Yeah, I think it might have been that one, huh? But I think the first time that I really sort of heard it. A Neil Young song was that fateful Oasis gig, wasn't it? Where yeah, well, when we Mike, went when we yeah. went to London to see Oasis with Nobby, and, who had sh- <laughs> shamed himself, should he want to come on <laughs> and uh, defend his actions. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree. They played here, like, hey, my hey, mind. Hey, right? my mind. Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. And I was like, what's this? It's brilliant. And, and then I um, went back and discovered Neil Young after that. Yeah, right? I think I remember after that... Um, I went to York for a day or for the weekend and I went to a record shop and bought Decade, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. like his best of that he brought out in like 1978 or something. Uh, double CD. It was a triple record, but double CD. Um, mm-hmm. And Rush Never Sleeps, which has that on. Uh, so I bought yeah. And that was how I got into him. Yep. And I think I'd heard like probably on like 60s compilations, like Heart yeah. of Gold or whatever, but I didn't really know much about him. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was what got me into him as well when we went to see that gig and played that. Yeah, same. I, and that I remembered um, when What's the Story Morning Glory was about to come out. I can't remember what magazine it was, but I think it was Select, which like died to death in uh, the 2000s, I think. Um, there was a preview of What's the Story Morning Glory and then a little sidebar with... Um, Noel Gallagher talking through the album tracks uh-huh. and saying like, oh, this one was like this, like, I don't know, I presume he said, oh, this is like inspired by T-Rex or whatever. And he, there was one of them, he said, oh, this is like Neil Young, people think he's shit or he's old, like he's an old hippie, but actually mm-hmm. he's fucking brilliant. And I can't remember mm-hmm. what song it was or what's the story of Morning Glory. Yeah. But I remember reading that thing when Noel Gallagher said, oh, like I was listening to Neil Young and I and I know people think he's an old hippie, but he's yeah. actually fucking brilliant. And this is inspired by that. And I think it probably is the like the guitar on the actual title track of the album, to be honest. Like, yeah. Well, there was a lot of that with, with Noel Gallagher, wasn't there? Because we were massive Oasis fans and everything. And if Noel Gallagher said, you know, he was influenced by this or this, then we we deliberately went out and sort, sort yeah, it out. Absolutely, didn't we? Yeah. It was and similar that- with the Chemical Brothers and that was wasn't it when he was talking about the Chemical Brothers and, and things? So I remember Absolutely. we were one of our friends' house, and you would manage to get uh, Set and Son with the uh, Noel Gallagher mm-hmm. and the Chemical Brothers, and it was just it, that was the start of me liking the Chemical Brothers. It's just strange that we're like we're, we're almost like read everything that Noel Gallagher said and his influences and stuff like that, and then we went away and we checked it out, didn't we? Well, yeah, I think, and that's I think one of the like the good things about. Oasis and Noel Gallagher, like it was. Yeah, I think uh, so too. In, in the in the long term, you know, like whether people are going to continue listening to their albums beyond the first mm-hmm. two, maybe not. 
but I think what it did do is like people of our generation, it was, I suppose it was a little bit like 10 years earlier when Morrissey said, oh, like uh, whatever random 60s band, <laughs> 60s girl yeah. group, like people went to listen to that. Um, uh-huh. Like in the 90s when Noel Gallagher said, actually, I really like these guys, we went to listen to them. and Yeah, we did. Uh-huh. Know, we did. And if nothing else, I think that was, that's a great legacy for, them to have it is it is but i mean my son still listens to oasis now and stuff like that so i mean i think the legacy is obviously more to me anyway i think in this household i haven't forced my son or whatever to listen to oasis he's just done it his own accord you know that's the, thing, the type of stuff that he likes mm-hmm. so i think the music still stands up especially like you say the the first the first two albums yeah but i, I, I like all of it man I haven't got the first two on record. I've got Be Here Now on record because I wanted it to be contrary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing about Be Here Now is it's got a date on it, hasn't it, on the on the front, and that was the same day that we received what, GCSE results. Well, that was the day we went out to get it, wasn't it? it was, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. It was quite a day. Well, it was um, almost more important to get the album than what GCSE oh, I couldn't results. wait to get the fucking, <laughs> uh, envelope and then go down to Shields and get the album from our right. price. Couldn't wait. Uh-huh. That was I the know. main thing on my mind that day. Yeah, of course it sure. was. Yeah, That's yeah. why, like, it's one of those things tied up with your, um, you know, time and place. Like, music is the best music. Yeah. Is that it takes you back to a time and place. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the reverse for that album because the time and place, like, and the album release is all tied in together. It was the most anticipated album release. I'm going to say probably of all time because of mm-hmm. where we were in that time of yeah uh, well certainly for us it was wasn't it, it was, yeah for it was, sure and then you know it also tied in with the fact that that was the day like we kind of officially left school and got our results i it was um, like, like an end of an era type thing wasn't it and the mm-hmm. start of a different one yeah it was a very very strange sort of time but i remember the bbc had a uh a, a sort of documentary i think uh, the day before the album was was going to be released yeah was, they did had a lot of the tracks on from be here now and know, i remember and being like super excited by it and then yeah i still like i maintain that that album the demos recorded in a, if in a different time would have been up there with the first two yeah, I still think there's great songs on there, but I, I don't blame people for thinking the eight-minute songs that don't really go anywhere with like <laughs> hundreds of guitar overdubs are a bit over the top. I don't blame people yeah. for thinking that. I think all uh-huh. the, I mean, all of them. I don't think there's a single song that's less than five minutes. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean the the, the length, of, but it is what it is. I, I still like it. I still no, I like it. it like but imagine you know? if those songs were all like a little bit tighter, with a little bit less yeah. production, it would be uh-huh. fucking brilliant. And it, uh-huh. it's not the songs that are at fault; it's the overall feeling of the thing. Well, it's, it's it's also the influence of cocaine. Well, yeah, and... it's also perfectly in tune with what was happening at the time. And yeah, the, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I I I almost don't mind that it's so over the top because it kind yeah. of it. it well, I mean, even the, even the cover's got the you know the car in the swimming pool and all that, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just like a total excess. signpost. It's a total signpost for this was excess of the late nineties. Yeah, because uh-huh. of so much success for these guys, this is where everything went. And it, I think it's okay that it's so overblown and the songs are too long and the production is too long and the covers excessive uh-huh. and all of that because yeah. 
it perfectly captures that point in time, I think. Yeah, it does. Um, and as much as I think the album would be better if it was reined in, I think it's okay that it's like that because it is a touch point in that part, point Definitely. in time. For like, it'll be like that forever, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you're right there. And it, it's just, it was a massive thing for us, I think. And then again, a few years later, when we went to see Oasis, that was a, another massive touch point as well, oh, I think. Yeah, amazing, which we will yeah. do. But is this an Oasis podcast? No, it's not, but I keep saying we should do this fucking <laughs> trip to London to watch them. Um, yeah, we'll, what we'll is this? This is your birthday that. podcast, your film choice. Yes. Let's talk about uh, it. This John Carpenter's The Thing. Whoa. Yes, John Carpenter's The Thing. My favourite film. The thing that I enjoy watching more than anything else. And did you watch it around your say. birthday, on your birthday? I watched it on the Sunday and my birthday was on the Tuesday. So, yes, oh, okay. I, I, I try and watch it at least once every year. OK. Since I've I've, I've gotten it on Blu-ray. But uh, I think the, the first time that I would have watched it would have, would have been when I was very, very young. It would have been when my mom and dad got it from the video rental shop. And that would have been the first time that I watched it. Because um, as I've told you before, I, I wouldn't sleep. As a, as a kid um, and I would cry if me mom and dad paused the bed and I knew they were downstairs watching a Fulham mm-hmm. to sort of get up and watch it. So I would have watched it very, very young. Um, and it's just been a constant throughout my life, I think, this 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 Fulham. Um, I, when I first moved into my flat, I made sure I bought it on VHS so I could watch it there. I've just bought it, you know, throughout my, my life, really. I just love mm-hmm. it. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's one of me. Well, it is my favorite film. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it? Is I mean, have you seen this before? Yeah, you, I've seen uh, it before. You've seen it before because mm-hmm. sometimes you say to me, oh, "Yeah, I've seen that one." You haven't, just to sound cool. <laughs> I have seen it before, but I don't uh-huh. think I really. What I thought was, I've seen it before, but I haven't really taken it all in. And then after watching it, like couple of days ago i realized no i have seen it all and i did take it all in just not much <laughs> happens <laughs> <laughs> well i would completely disagree there a lot of things happen i would i would say uh, a lot of things but yeah i mean as you know i think i'm a massive john Carpenter mm-hmm. fan and i think this is like this is masterpiece of that i think i mean out of all the films this is this is my favorite one um, I, I i think i agree with i think you. I, for yeah, I think that for a lot of reasons, really. I mean, the special effects are like they're the best I've seen in a film ever. Special effects are absolutely amazing. Well, we keep talking world. about films that are like undervalued. I mean, look, the thing now is regarded as a classic, but at the time yeah. it was totally panned. It was it made, hated. It made a profit, but not a massive profit. And yeah. the critics fucking slated it. That's the thing, yeah. And it's it ruined not just... John Carpenter's career. It did to a point. Did. I mean, he would have been massive if this was a big hit. He yeah. would have been like a Spielberg-style director. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was it ruined it that much that he, I think he was signed to Universal to make yeah, four they bought films. him out of his contract. They bought right? him out of his contract. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it wasn't just hated by the critics, although I'm sure that had an effect on you know how you know people went into the the, the theaters or whatever to watch it. But the people that actually went in to watch it as well, they hated it. Everybody I, hated it. I think it, but when you read about what what they hated, it was weird because they're like, 
it's it's strange thinking about it now because it was thought of as being too gruesome and too like yeah uh like the special effects and the monster too effects gory. were being too gory mm-hmm. but also praise for how good they were like these effects are amazing yeah, I, yeah. these effects are amazing i can't believe that uh-huh. there's a film with these effects in but also it's a little bit it's yeah. those effects actually are too gory it's, it's too weird much that they are the yeah. same people were saying both of those things and it's because I, I think I think it's because the, the the special effects are so good and so realistic and so tangible. It's not like a you know a computer generated thing where you can tell it's fake. It no. doesn't work. You know, it doesn't scare you. No, like a, a little bit like think about Ghostbusters. Obviously, Slimer's yeah. not there. Like I love yeah. Ghostbusters. You know that it's not there. It's, it's yeah. I mean, the, I think the scariest bit in Ghostbusters is the start with the you know, the the thing in the, the library, that, yep. that's pretty scary. Yep, yep. But yeah, you can tell it's not real. But this this stuff, it's got moving parts and, you know, you, you can almost touch it. It is that's gory. The thing it, it is gory, but like that's too point. real it's, for people then. It's strange to think that people were like so freaked out about that then because now it's almost like a, a badge of honor if you do that kind of thing. Yeah, well, it is now. It is, it is now. I mean, John Connor, he was he was called a, a, a pornographer of violence. That's I mean, I'd be, if somebody called. called me that, I'd be happy. But <laughs> <laughs> that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and and the critics call it like instant trash. This fellow, it's not like I say, people didn't it's like not it. A, it's not. It's weird because it predates the eighties video nasty phenomenon. Yeah, but I think it, there's a lot of reasons. But I think it. It births that like that yeah. happens because of this, and that what happens is a lot of VHS massively successful films on VHS because of the impact yeah. of VHS. Mm-hmm. But this is influenced all of that, but it happened just before it. And it's so many times we talk about we pick a film or a TV show that we're like, this is the most influential thing on something that was massive, mm-hmm. but this thing was just that little bit too early and <laughs> like i think it the other thing is i think it touched a nerve i mean et came out at the same time so everybody went to see et and looked in it was a nice happy friendly alien or whatever there was also like uh the aids pandemic was was sort of happening at the same time so anybody being stuck with needles and things like that that's the thing that people most complain about that in the was film. on at the same I it thought was, the it was more, thing in America was a little bit later, but okay. No, no, I think it was happening around the, the, the same time. And the thing that people complain about in the film was not necessarily, um, you know, the special effects and, and stuff like that, which are amazing. It's the bit where, the bits where you know, people, characters are cutting their fingers or, or being stuck with needles. Yeah, or the because of the blood and the contamination. Yeah, so, okay. yeah that, that's the thing that people didn't like. But, uh, I mean... I remember the first time I watched it, I was absolutely terrified. It terrified us. Oh, it is scary. It's totally scary. scary. And it's scary in a real way, not because of the the monster or the alien. It's scary because Mm -hmm. of the paranoia, which is what it's all about. It's the people starting to accuse each other of who's, who's the bad guy here, which, again, is like the paranoia of the 
Cold War era or the AIDS pandemic or whatever. Yeah. It's it's that feeling the mistrust of, of the next door neighbor, isn't it? The guy I live yeah. sat next to, what if he's got this thing? Yeah. Um, or what if he's the bad guy? And I don't know, I don't realize. And it's mm-hmm. not really about that there's an alien monster running around, although that's brilliant in the film. But yeah. the but the actual overall feelings and the the thing that grabs your attention or it pulls your heartstrings and, and, and all of that in the film is the yeah the the, the physical human paranoia and mistrust yeah yeah for for sure i think so i mean it's it, the isolation aspect of it i mean the, the whole idea of it's just unbelievable really isn't it that the, there's these 12 guys in that the isolated in the antarctic and they come across an alien a shape-shifting alien that can take over them absorb what, um, them and then imitate them what are they it's there just for? that is what nobody knows nobody knows what they're there for they're just on the um, the Antarctic. They're a research facility. Outpost the Antarctic. Yeah, you you don't really you don't you don't get to know whether it's in the book, which is what this uh, film's based on. Uh, um, a book called Who Goes There. Yeah. Um, it's that it, this film is very similar to the book. Um, there was a, a film in 1951 as well called The Thing from Another World which is based on that book as well. But this film is, is mainly based on like the book, which is about paranoia and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you, you don't really get to know what they're there for, but you don't so really in, need to know. In 1951, do you think it probably very similar would really been against like, uh, like Mark, uh, commie kind of like paranoia and stuff like that. Like, in the yeah, the Red 80s. Menace. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it would have been, it would have been that. But I mean, that at the time it was written, obviously, nineteen thirty-eight, the the war, the, the Second World War would have started a year later, wouldn't it? There would have been none of the the Red Menace, I guess. You know, at that time, I think um, it was just just more about you know an idea of people in isolation and this sort of creature, sort of being there and which could sort of imitate them. I think that's the terrifying thing about it. You don't really get to know much about the creature or how it behaves or how it works or whatever. There's like loads of speculation if you put YouTube on. You know, this is how it works or that's how it works. Nobody knows how it works. Nobody knows at all. I mean, they can speculate and that's that's all really that's all they're really doing. But that I think that's the terrifying thing about it. That it can it can just become you. You know, it's it almost steals you. You know yeah, yeah, I, mean? I think like uh, so I think that's so for anybody who doesn't know, it's what 1982 John Carpenter film starring Kurt Russell, and mm-hmm. like I mean, he's not massively well known at the time, um, but he was in and Wilford, I'll kill you, Brimley. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing, <laughs> he's really good, isn't it? Um, there's only one other guy that I think anybody recognized who was the. Is he? He's like a, he's always a president and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you mean Keith David? Yeah. Childs. Yeah. Uh, no, Gary. Gary. <laughs> oh, Gary. Yeah. Yeah, Gary, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean, there's twelve actors in this film, and they're all brilliant. They are all good for they're, me. I think the names of them excellent. are really weird. There's a yeah. man. Co- there's a man well, called the- Windows. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the names are taken from the the book um by john w campbell jr 
So a lot, a lot of those names are taken, lifted from the book. Um, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm um, not having to go yeah, at the, I mean, I'm not saying that John Goblin has to blame. I just think the strange names like uh-huh. the Windows only one, and no. The, the only one, the only one that isn't is Windows. Um, and the reason the Doctor who plays Windows, he, he decided that he would just always wear sunglasses. Okay. And when he turned up on set, uh, Thomas G. Waite is called. He says, well, I, I'm, I want you to call us Windows because I've always got sunglasses on. Okay. John Compton just went, oh, all right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's written, this film, by Bill Lancaster, who's mm. uh, Bert Lancaster's son. Yeah. And the scripts. The thing is about this film is if they make a mistake, the film's fucked. Do you know what I mean? What do you mean? Because it's it's like a mist. It's a mystery. This film. So if, if there's like a glaring sort of error within the film or within the story, okay, yeah. in the script, they've messed it up and there's no mistake. You can't find a mistake. No, it's no, just it's like perfect. so tight. Yeah, it's a perfect yeah. like story and and the screenplay yeah. and stuff's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, it's twelve guys are on this uh, mission into Antarctica to research something. Who knows what? And then yeah. uh, what turns out is, is before them, some Norwegian guys have been on the same thing and they've mm-hmm. uncovered a spaceship. A spaceship, yeah. They've and, discovered a spaceship. And uh, you start by seeing a helicopter landed mm-hmm. and there's a Norwegian guy in this helicopter shooting at a dog, trying to kill the yeah. dog. And the uh-huh. dog's running. He ends up at the American base. Run into the American base. Yeah. yeah, he does. He does. So, yeah, I mean, it, you're straight in it with the film. That's what I like. About, I mean, the other thing, you're straight in it with the titles. The titles are absolutely amazing. I think the titles are absolutely superb. I, I love yeah. how the title of the film, The Thing, appears. It like, burns through the good. screen almost, doesn't it? Yeah, but you see the, uh, you basically see a spaceship like land on or crash. Or crash, head, yeah. head towards Earth, and uh-huh. then what you see is the thing appear, and what you get, you gather is the things crashed, and the name yeah. of the film appears, burns through uh-huh. the screens, like you said, burns through the screen, exactly. Yeah, so you're straight into it, and the music as well by uh, Morricone is just fantastic. Well, this is a weird I'm- thing because I didn't realize that any of Morricone had done the music to this film, and right. It seems a little bit weird that John Carpenter has been like, Morricone, I love you. Will you do the soundtrack that we film? And he's like, yeah, okay. He's like, but mm-hmm. will you make it sound exactly like I've done the soundtrack myself? <laughs> <laughs> you think that's strange? I, I, well, I, I think at the time, John Carpenter was known for his music and for his films. And it, the music had a, a, a very, you know, you knew it was John Carpenter. Carpenter, when you put the film on, what the music was going to be like. Mm-hmm. I think most of the Maracani stuff was like the orchestral stuff, which is brilliant and it like is a lot more terrifying, subtle. almost in like a fifties way. Yeah, it's a lot more subtle. But I think John Carpenter did Carpenter. have an input. Yeah, yeah, he did have you know a little bit of an input, although he he, he sort of plays that down. I think to this day, he says it was all his sort of idea. But it's that kind of like bass, isn't it? That bass line of, uh, of yeah, music, it's great. which is, it's makes really, it like it's John really, Cobb. really good. 
so yeah, I mean, the, the Norwegians are chasing the dog and it, you're right into the action sort of thing, aren't you? It's, it's, it's just amazing from the, from the off, I think. Yeah, and it, it doesn't and take long you know, to that, get going. There's it? a viewer, you know, you know that there's something wrong with the dog. Well, of course, you, shooting it. yeah, you understand straight away. You wouldn't just find a man shooting at a dog, um, yeah. but he, obviously the dog runs towards the American pace, and it's that kind of thing. Like the, they're like, "What the fuck are you shooting a dog for, you idiot, you crazy uh-huh. fool!" And they <laughs> want to protect the dog from this random guy who's come and yeah. Edit. Well, they think the Norwegian guy's just in the nutcase. Yeah, uh, especially as he, he shoots uh, Benin's in the leg. <laughs> he shoots him in the knees. Yeah. <laughs> shoots him in the leg so they just think he's gone nuts obviously you know stir crazy or whatever and uh, yeah, well, they and don't Gary... know of them at this point right so they, all, they yeah. don't know that they're even there all they're seeing is like they're there doing a whatever mm-hmm. they're meant to be doing and all of a sudden a helicopter comes down with a guy speaking a foreign shooting. language they don't know what you're shooting speaking. yeah shooting a dog no they are somehow dog. running <laughs> around I mean, they think that they think he's Swedish. Oh, McCready thinks they're Swedish, yeah. doesn't he? Hey, Sweden. <laughs> so, um, so Kurt Russell plays McCready. Yes, um, I think one of the, and he's essentially the hero of this film. But there are no heroes of this film, are there? Like nobody's better than the other no. person. I think that's and that's a, that's an interesting facet of the film. I think. There, yeah. there isn't a good guy. No, no, there's no good guy. I mean, Kurt Russell, he's, he's like an alcoholic, isn't he? He's a helicopter pilot, and he certainly doesn't like that chess computer, does he? He hates <laughs> that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you're right. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no hero in a sense. But I mean, in the, Kurt Russell's character, McCready sort of takes over, you know, part way through the film doesn't he he sort of he takes his opportunity to, to sort of take over you know, he's not the actual it. leader no but we're watching it now knowing who Kurt Russell is and that he's a film star and he's always a good guy at the mm-hmm. time he wasn't really was he so there'd be no. no reason for you to think that he was the one who was in the right and he and actually yeah. at the end of this film he still might not be but whatever um, mm. like watching it in 1982 he might be the bad guy just like the other guy might be the bad guy or whatever, but there's no bad guys. There's no good guys because it's a democratic problem here, right? The the mm-hmm. issue is that there's a alien that can get into you and yeah. you become the alien or you end up discarded and the, the alien will look yeah. like you. No one's a good or bad guy. It could happen to anyone. It's not anybody's fault. It's not no, because you've been I mean, it's all good. about it's all about self-preservation, isn't it? Mm. That's the thing. From the human's point of view, they want to keep themselves alive. They don't want to be assimilated or, you know, they don't want to be impersonated by this thing and absorbed. But by, um... from the, the, the alien's point of view... It's the same thing. That, that wants to do the same thing, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It, mm-hmm. it want, it's self-preservation. Um, so that's what it's about. The, the alien's selfish. The people are also selfish yeah. at the same time, aren't they? Yeah. There's like, there's literally no... And that's what creates the paranoia, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
What's your favorite bit of the film? Like, I'm going to presume people who are listening have seen the film, so we don't need to go into all the ins and outs of it. Um, but what's your favorite mm-hmm. bit about it? What do you like? There's a, a, about a 20 minute period in the film where the pressure is just being completely ramped up, and that's where Norris's uh, character has a heart attack. Mm-hmm. He, he is he's the thing, but the thing sort of copies you so completely it copies your imperfections as mm-hmm. well and Norris has a, a heart problem and he collapses with a heart attack and they try to deflibrate him and sort of bring him back and uh, the thing bites him and chops off <laughs> the doctor's arms that is chest. absolutely amazing and then the head sort of falls up yeah uh, and then the head falls down and turns into some kind of spider thing Yeah, that is amazing absolutely brilliant scene and uh, has the best line as well where the, the guy goes say you've got to be fucking kidding when he <laughs> the, the spider thing sort of walks yeah, up yeah I think Russell's uh, <laughs> like goes in, fuck you too that's the best line surely <laughs> yeah that's at the end no no I like you've got to be fucking kidding and the, the guy who says it as well who's Palmer the one who says it is also a thing yeah, who sees that? I He's think my favorite bit is the next bit where they're all tied up in the chairs and McCready's like. Well, that's of... what I was going to say. You see, yeah, there's a twenty-minute period where it's that, and then after all this carnage happens, then you move into the blood test scene, yeah. which is just. I think that is amazing. one of the greatest scenes absolutely in brilliant. cinema of all time. I think it's superb, McCready. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, McCree, rampant paranoia as well. Like, he's not a good guy. He is mad. He's totally paranoid about who is, who's... Like he's, but you would be, though, wouldn't you? No, no, I'm not saying he's If you were in that wrong. situation. No, of course, yeah, I'm not saying he's wrong. But he's not a good guy in this situation. He's got innocent people tied up, like, claiming yeah. that they're all but aliens. self-preservation. Yeah, but also... He doesn't he, know who's who. Yeah, but he also could be an alien at this point, right? Like, yeah, that. well, that's the point. I mean... The, they talk when they were making the film, the that as would, would talk about if you were the thing, would you know that you were the thing? Mm-hmm. And that's like kind of what they talked about as well, which is yeah. an interesting thing to think about. And that's what I think I mean, is really good about that scene. It's superb. It's mental yeah. that they're all tied up together uh-huh. when Palmer and he does the blood test, and Palmer is the, the thing, is the thing, yeah. And he's just going uh-huh. crazy when they're all tied up next to him. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the um, other thing, the other thing is is whether the blood test actually works. That's that's the other thing, because there's there's a part in the film where one of the the doctors say, "Well, we should prepare our own food or whatever." Yeah. Because if if what a yeah. particle of it can take you over, yeah. You know, but then it leads into another question: is to how long? If that is the case, and a particle of it can take you over. How long does it take before you are the thing? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, there's loads so, of things like that in it. Like, yeah, it's if you are, if that thing is you, how do you know? Yeah. How does the thing know? What, how, yeah. what are the, like, how long does it take before it acts on it? Yeah. Because, uh-huh. like, Palmer's like normal, right? How long would he just be normal? Would it last uh-huh. like beyond the end of the film if they hadn't done the blood test? Like yeah. if nobody knew, would it just be normal to go back to their lives and Palmer would end up going back yeah. to his wife and all of that kind of stuff or whatever? Like uh-huh. that's the thing that I'm not saying it's holes in the film, but there are things to that you can think about if it yeah. went to its like 
if it That's kept going thing. and kept going and kept going. Yeah. There's, there's like, I mean, people have, have tried, I mean, there's loads of stuff on YouTube about people trying to analyze the film and, and try to work out, you know, who's the thing and when the become the thing and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And this is how the thing behaves. I just think you, you don't know. I mean, the only clues that you're given is what the, the scientists say in the film and they could be wrong. Well, yeah, because they just know, don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Which I so think you, is you a great thing about actually, the film. It is. I mean, it makes the, the creature a lot more dangerous, doesn't it? I mean, because there's no, nothing more scary than the unknown. You know, the things that well, you don't know about. I mean, you're only about 10 minutes into the film when you first see the alien creature, like, manifest itself. And it's, uh -huh. it is genuinely horrific. It's really it horrific, is, yeah. and it and every time it appears or breaks out of a human or whatever animal or being it's in, it is horrific. It's it's awful. You can tell why it would have shocked. You can see why it would have shocked audiences. Oh yeah, um, it is it is really horrible. <laughs> it is, and I mean that the, the guy that that did the the special effects was only twenty two at the time when he yeah I know he did all read that that's crazy Rob fourteen like, really crazy yeah. And he sort of worked himself that hard that he had to be hospitalised when the film finished, put in a, a hospital afterwards. I mean, he's, I mean, for a 22-year-old kid to be doing stuff like this, yeah, it's amazing. Um, what do you think of Kurt Russell? I, and you know what? I just If I die, I'd like to come back as Kurt Russell, I think. Yeah. That's what I think of Kurt oh, Russell. He's got the best sunglasses. I know you like his sunglasses. Yeah, doesn't need them, does he? Because it's dark, but he's got them on. <laughs> he's got them on. <laughs> but he's, I, I love Kurt Russell, mate. I think he's just, I mean, he's amazing in this film. He's amazing in, you know, all John Carpenter's films yeah, and stuff. He's and now Captain he's, Ron. yeah. <laughs> and now he's, he's in every Quentin Tarantino film, isn't he? So, yeah, well, I mean, The Hateful Eight is essentially, mm -hmm. I haven't seen it, but the premise is this. <laughs> Yeah, it is this on I, purpose. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose, yeah, that's the thing. And obviously, we've got uh, one mate, Dean Cundy, as well, who's the cinematographer. Yeah, amazing. Everything just looks absolutely class. It's just a superb film. It's, it's. I, I can see why it shocked people, but like now in twenty twenty one, you're like, well, people are really shocked. Like that. People thought this was too gruesome to exist, so it was boycotted, or people didn't go watch it, and it spelled the end of this guy's career or blockbuster uh -huh. big um, studio career. Like mm -hmm. now, like you can do fucking anything. Like really, you could do anything, <laughs> and yeah, and like nobody would care, or if people did care, it's all right because. So what? <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it it, it certainly sent uh, John Connor's career down a different path, didn't it? Yeah, and um, I mean, he still had a great career. He he's, well, he did. I mean, he still made some absolutely magnificent films after this, you know. But this is his masterpiece. I, I imagine it it must be difficult for him thinking. Do you think he thinks it's my best film? And people, yeah, he does. Uh huh. And uh, well, he hates it, right? He's hate got a love hate relationship with it. Well, you would if it uh, derailed your career, though, wouldn't you? Of course you would. You, but he regards it as his, his best film. I mean, even some of the actors who won the film, 
at the time it came out and, and saw the reaction that you know people had to it and stuff they they were the same they were like yeah it's too much even the people in it mm. but since obviously since it's become a massive cult film on you know VHS or DVD or whatever they've conveniently changed their minds about it yeah now people like it of course um, but... <laughs> yeah there's brilliant actors in this film but there's no better actor than that dog that oh, dog Jed. is amazing Jed, 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 it's a brilliant dog, sinister looking dog, and it doesn't look at the camera once. There's a bit where it walks down the corridor and stuff, and it stops at a door, and then it's all you see a silhouette of somebody in there, obviously being taken over. I think so good, like from the very beginning, you know, that dog is up to no good, like it's a dog. And you know, know straight away, it's like, oh, this dog's gonna fuck everything up. <laughs> but the, the other thing is that it's got rewatchability as well. I mean, you know, because it has. to go back and and see who was the thing if you're bothered about that kind of stuff. There's loads of things you, know? you can go back and watch. It's not just yeah. that. There's you watch it once and you know there's a straightforward story, but there's so many bits that you can go back and watch. Loads of it. Um, yeah. What do you, what what do you think about like the the alien spacecraft kind of bit of it? Well, um, yeah, I mean, there's a prequel to this which kind of sort of yep. explains a little bit, but I wouldn't regard the prequel as anything. I don't think it's a very good film. I think it's got some good actors in it and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but it's it's not, well, certainly not as good as this. But in, in the book and in the 1951 film, that they, they blow up the ship, so, you know, they try to get it out, but they, they destroy it at the same time. That's not the case in this film. But I just think it's intriguing. I, I don't think that's the thing's ship, for one. I think okay. the thing's got onto whoever was sort of, you know, in that ship or whatever and took over them and absorbed them. You and think it, the ship them. was a, a well-meaning alien craft? But yeah, the things... I don't, I don't I think it's it. the thing's ship. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I don't think it's the thing's ship. Okay. Definitely not. But uh, it just, like, like all... All good sci-fi, you know, it, it doesn't tell you everything. No, no, you don't want to be told you, everything. You, you, you want to, you want, you want left up to your own imagination, don't you? And and most of the film is like that. For example, how you know is that the thing ship? How does the thing work? You know, does it take a a little uh, cell again? It whatever, doesn't tell you hardly anything, and the thing yeah. seems to change what you think how it works and how it gets into you or is it does it take over you and becomes you or does it take over you and mutate into something else and all that kind uh-huh. of stuff it's weird well it's very good at pull-ups very good at pull-ups <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good at pull-ups <laughs> i mean the, the way the way i think of it this could be completely wrong the thing it it absorbs you first and then it can imitate you. Do you think there's a well, little bit of the shunting so it could about sort it? of imitate the dog? No, no, no. I think there's a bit of shunting. There's no way of the shunting about it. I'm the shunting. No way. There is a bit of the shunting about it, like the way that it mutates and like when it's the faces. Are yeah, but they don't imit. They don't then have the ability to imitate you, do they? I mean, after the shunting, who knows what happens to that poor guy? <laughs> 
Yeah. We both like Brett loves the thing. I I like I love the thing, but it's Brett's favorite film. Um it is. I think I we it. both would have huge, hugely recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it. The prequel is also called The Thing, right? Like that's yeah, it's called it's called <laughs> The Thing as well. Uh, I don't think they actually could decide on the prequel whether it was going to be a sequel, a remake. Or I think a I think it wasn't meant to be a prequel. Like I think mm-hmm. they were just gonna remake it. And then it was called the same thing, but then they realized it yeah. wasn't a remake. <laughs> like there's, all, there's also an X X Files uh, episode which is called Ice. Yeah, which is, yeah, uh, yeah, very similar. I remember taken the dog. from this. Yeah, yeah. I remember the dog in that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, there's loads of stuff, isn't there? That this this has been. Yeah, it's hugely from. influential. Like the 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 puppetry, the the way the aliens look when it's mm-hmm. breaking out of the faces and all of that kind of stuff the like the kind of gunk on it ky jelly and stuff wasn't yeah. it uh, um it's just yeah. hugely hugely influential and and a, a film that is so clever because it doesn't give you all the answers it's it's just mm-hmm. this little period of time where you see a little glimpse of this problem and you don't know what happens before you don't know why they're there i presume they're there to see what happened to the fucking norwegian guys so <laughs> no, 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 they're there. They're definitely not there for that reason. Well, I presume but it's they, like for the the spaceship. The why would it be there otherwise? They're there. I mean, there's a scientific sort of outposts and stuff like that on Antarctica. Yeah, but why are know, they there? Because the of the yeah, testing the ice in case there's fucking aliens underneath them. That's why they're there. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe copy. It's a good. It's a good point. Well, they're just going to but, test but the ice. No just cold water, isn't it? Like, yeah, I but can it, tell you that. The ice, the ice has all kinds of implications for their environment and stuff, doesn't it? You know, the the melting of the polar ice caps or whatever, those type of things. I mean, you don't know why they're there. Okay. <laughs> I think they're there because it potential alien. I don't. Well, I wouldn't agree with that. I'll be honest. They're just there as a research team, I think. But research in what ice? Yeah, that. Yeah, that, like I said, the, the, there's uh, the know, implications. <laughs> the implications for the environment. <laughs> Definitely. I just think it's a random Not in chance that the Norwegians. Not in 1982. No chance. They're there <laughs> because of potential alien stuff under the ice. It's a random chance that the aliens, oh, the Norwegians, find that alien. I think. And then it goes over to the Americans with disastrous consequences. What a surprise. But anyway, thanks for watching that and tell us to watch that. That was really good. I'll watch it any day of the week. Okay, well, Wednesday, we'll watch it then. Um, Tuesday. I've got a quiz for you. Would you like a quiz? I would like a quiz. The quiz is all themed around your Mm -hmm. birthday. Isn't that My birthday. Yeah, that is, that is nice, yes. So by that you mean the 2nd of March? Or do I you mean, mean me as a person? I No, I mean the 2nd of March, 1981. Right. So, welcome to the 1981, March the 2nd. It's a quiz. It's to do with your birthday. Please <laughs> think about this with the answers. Um, right, I'll think about it with okay. the they're all fairly simple questions, but I don't think you'll know the answers. Um, I'd still have to think with me mind, I think, wouldn't I? Number one. Mm-hmm. What was number one in the hit parade 
on your birthday. The UK top 40. Right, yes. What was number What's one? number one? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's a, it's a strange song, I think, isn't it? Um Shakalaka or something like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Would you like you to sing it? Go on then. What's the matter, you? Hey, gotta know <laughs> respect. That... Hey, <laughs> I love. Yeah. Shut up, your face. Shut up, your face. Shut up, your face. Yeah, Joe Dolce's yeah. Shut up, your face. Brilliant work. Well, brilliant. That's, That's good. I know what was number one on my birthday, by the way. For yes, so do I, because I've I've been uh, looking at that type of thing for your <laughs> quiz. So I'll not ask that when it's yours. Shaking Stevens. It's our good friend, Shaking Stevens. <laughs> um, okay. What was the number one movie in the box office? But I have to admit, this is the US box office. It doesn't seem to right. exist for the UK. 1981. Yeah. Goodness. It would be like the next months after this are fairly good, but this is a total. I've never heard of right. this. <laughs> You're gonna to have to give us some clues then, if you. Um, of it. it is kind mm-hmm. of gangstery film, starring one of the, of the greatest. No, one of the greatest actors of all time, who also makes a mean sauce. Or dressing. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've got no idea. Yeah, You're gonna have to tell obviously, us. Obviously, I didn't know this. It's called Fort Apache, the Bronx, uh, with Paul Newman. Fort Apache, the Bronx. Yeah. So it actually sounds quite interesting, like quite good. So might mm-hmm. watch it actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no clue yeah. that. One. Sorry, I mean I can't help you with that. Like about two weeks after it was Superman two was the biggest one. So sorry. Um <laughs> The best-selling toy of 1981. Ooh. Ooh. I'll, I'll go with Payman, I think. No, I think it was like a little bit later. 1980 was a Rubik's Cube because I thought it would be that. Um, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a Lego train set, apparently. Lego was big. Rubbish. Didn't I do a, a quiz earlier about say, the top-selling toys of the 80s. And I'm sure the Lego train set was nowhere to be seen. Oh, well, you didn't cover 1981, did you? Well, um, I'm looking at the UK, not the US. I'm I think looking, that's well, the thing. This isn't all US. It was just the movies. Was I US. wasn't born in America. <laughs> ah, what was the top-viewed TV show in all of 1981 in the UK? In the, whole, in the, in the UK. UK. The so most not the actually UK. the t- the words TV show is misleading. What was the most watched thing on telly in 1981? So it's not a TV show. More of an event. I'll say the tennis. The tennis. Well, yeah, close. It was the wedding of Prince Charles and Diana. Oh, of course. Because when I was born, I was given a um, a Bible. Yeah. I've had have you got this as well? I've got, had Prince Charles and Diana on the front. Since we had the Bible, there was a lot of Charles and Diana memorabilia and me mum and dad's like a, a cup mm-hmm. and a plate, a spoon, shit like that. 
Yeah. Well, you're not given the Bible. I don't think a Bible with them on. But to be fair, I hope it, I, that Bible is probably set alight. Uh, <laughs> spontaneously got busted. Um, it probably has. Okay, who won the FA Cup in 1981? Oh, that is hard, isn't it? Should have looked into that, shouldn't I? I'll say, was that was that my night at Southampton? Win the cup. Tottenham. Oh. <laughs> was it Coventry and uh, Tottenham? Tottenham. Was it Coventry and Tottenham though? I don't know who lost it. That's not a question. <laughs> <laughs> is it the Rick? Villier it was a Ricky Villier goal, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think that was coming. And do you know who might have won what was then called Division One? What was then? Was was it Sunderland? No, the top league. Do you think we won? Oh, the, the top league. league. Yeah. No, um, I would say Forest. No, just after Villa with Ron Villa. Saunders. Right, and then they the won the European Cup after that, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah. Good old Villa, right? Uh-huh, good. Was that when Peter With was around? <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. I think it is, isn't probably it? Was. I think it was, uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, well done. You, you got now right. You got out about your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, I, I think you got one, didn't you? It. You got the first one. Did I? I think you got I'm not sure. We don't, keep, we don't no, keep track. I can't remember anything that happened 10 seconds before I'm talking about this in anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither, to be honest with you. What about Especially... music? Yes, we do have music, don't yes. we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We've got music uh, from MEW mm-hmm. this week uh, with a song called Thursdays, which is mm-hmm. from the new album, The Snow Slow Burn. I had said snow there because I've got snow on my mind with this film. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was because you've been listening to Informa over and over and over again, as usual. <laughs> oh yeah, that. No, it's not for that reason. Definitely <laughs> not. But yeah, this is a brilliant song. This, yeah, really, really. Much good. like the thing itself, there's a lot of different ideas and changes in the song, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there is. It's nice. It's a nice, uh, really like kind of clever and in, in, intuitive. A kind of yeah. synthy number, isn't it? An instrumental it track. I really, really, really like it. Um, I do too. So I'm looking forward, like the guy Mark uh, Willis, who whose tune it is, said mm-hmm. he's it's an album, like a kind of thematic album about uh, 2020 and in and out of lockdown and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Uh, really, yeah, me too. I really yeah. love this, so I'm looking forward to. I'll go on Bandcamp and see what else is on there and, and, and get what I can. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sourcing this one, Brett, and well, happy birthday to you. Well, thanks very much. Much appreciated. Thanks. Uh, that's all right. And uh, thanks to M.A.W. for the song. Mm-hmm. We think it's good. We'll start playing it about now, and anybody else can uh, follow us at F Circus Pod. Send us your daft questions and all that stuff. Uh, just treat us pictures whatever you want really abuse us if you want we're not precious and uh, <laughs> we've got a uh, Facebook and all of that you can find us Google Breton Clips Free Circus we're out there uh, we are. Our, our SEO is good so <laughs> until next time <laughs> we will see you later 
bye bye everyone thank you very bye. much bye happy birthday Brett see you cheers
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.